Happy New Year, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again with the next episode of Psychology Unplugged. Um, this episode marks our one-year anniversary since starting a podcast, um, and I just wanted to take the opportunity to uh, thank my my late father, who really gave me the inspiration to do something in, in this medium, I guess, and um, also my mother, uh, who raised me with, you know, tenacity and and instilled uh, a sense of going out in the world and trying to change it for the better. And uh, I really appreciate, uh, I can't believe, but I really appreciate how many followers that we have. Uh, the suggestions, the comments are, are wonderful. Uh, I jotted down a list of various topics that we're going to start recover in the new year. Things like eating disorders. Um, there's a variety of those. Uh, we'll certainly revisit borderline personality because that seems to be the one that people want to know the most about. Uh, spirituality. Uh, is another one, and there's just just a plethora of of, of topics. But you know, this this is a very uh, tough time of year, and I, I've brought up I think in one of the last two episodes. I said I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions, and I should put a caveat on that. I think it's a good time. Um, you know, I think it's more like I don't know where it originated from, but I think you know it's it's a good time to for self reflection. To look at areas and aspects of our lives that we may want to modify, areas and aspects of maybe other individuals in our lives that we feel we may need to have a conversation with or get them help. But it's really a time of self-reflection. And this is a very hard time of year, especially in the Western Hemisphere, in colder climates and colder regions. Uh, where it gets dark early, um, it it really is a tough time of year for mental health, and I can just tell by the number of referrals that I'm getting f- uh, for neuropsychivals, the number of people trying to get in to see Julie for medications, talking with my wonderful colleagues, and, and just the extensive wait lists. So uh, self-care is a really important um, thing that I think we overlook, and I, I, I tell people if you're in therapy, you have to, or you 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 are trying to work on yourself. Give yourself permission to be appropriately selfish, and by selfish, I don't mean be exclusionary that you're negate your responsibilities as a spouse, as a partner, as as a sibling, as a, you know a colleague or whatever. But you have a right to put yourself first. You have a right, and again, still maintaining our responsibilities in in the various aspects of our lives, whether that's that's family, work, spirituality, uh, the community, just, you know, the human connectedness. Uh, Self-care is really important, and and it's a broad topic, and I don't really have a definition for it, but it's being able to say, you know what, I, I, I matter. I do matter in this universe, and that I do have the capabilities to overcome the obstacles that I may be facing, and I'm just I'm just coming from a mental health perspective. Um, you know, we all have our different 
uh, our difficulties. Uh, I did the episode on gratitude, which I think is a really important one to kind of stop and say, you know what, I'm grateful for what I do have. But, you know, self-care can be uh, taking a hot shower. It can be go getting a manicure, go getting a pedicure, um, taking a walk on the beach, you know, saying no to maybe some toxic friends or family that want to spend time with you or, or even coworkers. If you, if you're surrounded by people that are negatively impacting your life, you know, some people, maybe we need to cut some people out of our lives. Maybe we need to take a look at who are we surrounding ourselves with. And, you know, if, we, if, if you're hanging around Mo, Larry, and Curly, you're not hanging around with the right crowd. You want to be able to hang around with people who, who inspire us, who we can learn from, who we can, you know, um, just communicate with on, on, a, on a more human and existential level, which is, I think, especially all the more relevant in, 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 the, in the social climate of a world that is so fragmented and so broken and so just compartmentalized and you know and i see it on a daily basis as as a as a professional clinical practitioner i see this i hear the stories i'm not extra i'm not extrapolating this from the news i'm not extrapolating this from 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 magazines i'm these are the stories people tell and and you know there's i think in in what i do and i think Julie would probably espouse this as well. You get to a level of healthy desensitization, you know, where, you know, there's nothing somebody could tell me that I'd be like, oh, my God, never heard that before. Um, but it, it's also a heavy, a healthy level of desensitization. And I think I'm very blessed. And maybe Julie would feel the same way that we are in the same field. So we're able to talk about things. And um, that's a really important part if you're a mental health provider to have really good colleagues or mentors or people that, that get what, what, what we do for a living. Because people on, in mental health, people unload their darkest, darkest feelings and thoughts and behaviors with with the trust that you know you're going to hold that 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 with with sanctity and and, and respect but you know self-care is you know it, it, people say oh, i don't i don't have the time that that i think it's that's an excuse i mean i'm going to say i say it all the time julie i don't have time the reality i do maybe it's just i don't feel like making the time but i think if we take a step back and just t- kind of prioritize what are the things I want to accomplish you know uh, what I do with, with patients and again the few people I see for therapies I'll ask them what do you want to accomplish this week what do you want to accomplish in a month in three months in six months in a year and I don't know who developed the, the, the smart model but I think it's brilliant you know goals should be simple measurable attainable realistic and time-oriented the more you can break that, use that kind of um, heuristic or axiom to kind of frame your goals we want to work on, whether that's this is a big time of year when the common ones, I want to lose 20 pounds. Um, I want to start saving more money. I want to start eating healthier. I want to go to the gym more often. The more specific you can make it, the easier it is to do it. I'm a big advocate of lists. I love having lists. Um, I carry a Use my back pocket a list of whether the stuff I need to pick up at the store or stuff I need to do during the week or, or the order of evals I need to write. Lists are great because we can take the, 
the uh, intangible or abstract and make it concrete. And there's a certain level of psychological satisfaction when you can cross something off and say, I did that. Even if you've got 40 things left to do, as I've said in many of the episodes, celebrate partial victories. If you're so focused, um, I remember, I think I told the story many, many episodes ago. When I was in eighth grade, we had what was called the green sheet. And you'd hear about it from like sixth grade and seventh grade, like oh, this green sheet is the big project. And we got to sixth, got to eighth grade. My teacher, who's now deceased, uh, his name was Mr. Jack Stiblo. And I remember getting the green sheet. It was a hundred questions that you had. They're pretty, you know, nothing too complex. Like, what was, I think I still remember, what was the, what was the, on the flag of Mexico was one of the questions. Who was Abraham Lincoln's wife? But I was the, the type of personality I am. I was I remember going home and telling my mom, I have to, we had the whole, whole year to do it, but I, I had to finish it that night. And she's like, Core, relax, you'll get this done. But I, I had to finish it that night. I just remember, like, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, all right, you know, maybe that personality characteristic is, 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 is a good attribute, but I just remember the angst of feeling so compelled that I had to get this done because it was so consistent with being someone who's who's a perfectionist and somebody who is very conscientious. And that's kind of I'm using that example as it put so much I put so much pressure on myself. I wasn't I wasn't playing baseball after school. I was at the library getting these questions done, and I, I got it done. You know, and you look back, you know. You know, X number of years later, it's like, did I really need to put myself through all that unnecessary angst and anxiety when I was given several months to answer a hundred questions? But in my mind, it just put so much pressure on me. Um, so sometimes, you know, that that tenacity and and that 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 Type A personality can can it can be very adaptive but it can also kind of cut both ways and lead to a lot of anxiety and apprehension and, and fear and a lot of people are, are uh, you know the fear of failure that's a very powerful thing is a fear of failure even to take psychotherapy i'm too afraid to go because what if i don't get better well you know what what if you do go and you do get better so I think it's really look. It's really kind of navigating and looking from the lens of uh, do you ha- are you does your prescription if you know using the metaphor of glasses or contacts does your prescription need to be changed? And I think as we move through life, all of us from a metaphorical standpoint need to reframe our prescriptions. Uh, Spirituality. I've alluded to this as you know. I again, I'm born and raised Catholic. It's, it's the foundation. But I've said this before. Like Springsteen said, once you're Catholic, there's no getting out. But I, I am definitely much more spiritual, and it, it has given me incredibly an incredible amount of peace, especially in a younger person who lost two parents um, and. I, I think without having that spiritual connection, I and probably for the grace of God, the strength of Julie and my stepkids and, and you know, be able to get through what was one of the darkest moments of, of my life. Um because when my mom died, it was it was instantaneous. Watching my father die was awful. But I think, you know, to be here um not even two years 
and to still have the, the, the fortitude to get up and go to work and do what I do and do the podcast and, and, and talk to as many people as I have. And again, I encourage you to reach out to me. I don't purport to know everything in the world, but if I don't know something, I am someone who will find the answers. And I've enjoyed thoroughly talking with so many people. And a huge part of this podcast was demystifying mental health, giving it a name, giving it legitimacy, because it is serious. It is real. It, this is very, very real. And anybody who thinks otherwise, I think, is very ignorant to the fact of the pain that people with mental health, what they endure. So um, sometimes otherwise ignorance is bliss. You know, you can look at it from that perspective. I don't want to know about it. You know, like I said before, anxiety isn't take a deep breath. Depression isn't just, you know, go for a walk and take a shower. No, these, these, some, some of the, all of the psychiatric disorders cause, you know, to meet the diagnostic criteria have to cause social, emotional, and or academic or occupational impairment. So, again, they really didn't have, uh, uh, this is kind of more of just a, a recapitulation of a year of doing the podcast. Um, you know, Julie and I were talking about, you know, we're kind of in the doldrums of entering uh, winter. You know, it's going to be in, in the low 20s here this week in Massachusetts. Um, this, is where, this is where the darkness comes. These are where the night vultures come. This is when you need to say, if you are in mental health, I am going to do the work. And if you're not in mental health, you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to pick up the phone call. I'm going to go on psychology today. I'm going to give it a try and put the effort in and trust the process. This is not, this is not overnight stuff where you take a, you know, we live in the world of the magic pill. There are none. There are no magic pills. But with the work, with, with, with the grace of God or any higher power, um, you know, reevaluate your relationship with, with, with something that might be bigger than yourself. Because sometimes, you know, Jewel and I will say, you know, sometimes you just put it on the altar. You know, you just, you just, you just you put it on the altar. And God only gives us the grace for today, not for tomorrow. Um, so Julie had um, told me about a quote um, that was actually written on the wall in Mother Teresa's bedroom. And I, she loved it. And I remember my father uh, several years ago uh, had it framed for her. And um, interpret this how you want, but I think it's incredibly relevant whether this is a mental health issue, whether you're in kind of an existential crisis. Um, you know, kind of the quote I've, I've said many times from Abraham Maslow, learn to become independent of the good opinions of others. Um, I want to share this with you guys because it's incredibly powerful. Julie actually has this in her office. In, um, okay. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior, motive, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and, gain, and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere... 
people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. When you spend your years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the most you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. So as we venture into this new year, uh, we'll keep on plugging along with the podcast. Hope to have more guests on. A lot of my colleagues are shy, but I'll do some nudging because they have different specialties, uh, family therapy, uh, geriatric psychiatry, geriatric uh, psychotherapy, uh, again, like eating disorders, autism. So this is a free format. You know, I kind of just do this organically. But I think if you take the words of Mother Teresa, just do it anyway. It's your life. And you have a right to be happy. You have a right to get help. You have a right to get treatment. And if you get the right diagnosis and you get the right treatment, you can be, you can, you can eradicate mental health. You can eradicate mental illness. So be well, everybody. Um, feel free to email me at psychologyunplugged at outlook.com. You can get a hold of me through psychology today. Um, or you can call or text me on my cell phone, which is 617-750-941 East Coast Standard Time in Massachusetts in the United States. An absolute pleasure. I appreciate all the feedback and the comments. Um, it, it's what motivates me. Uh, hopefully my passion comes across in these podcasts. I do these off the top of my head, but if we, you know, if, when people text and say, you know what, I listened to your podcast, and I made a call and they got into therapy, it makes it all worthwhile. Until next time, until next week, be well, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, put yourself first. Bye, guys.